1: Coaches across the country used the Coach Pad this past season to be more efficient with their scout card prep on the weekends as well as when out on the practice field working with their scout teams. Whether you're a coach using a computer program to create cards or drawing them by hand, the Coach Pad is for you. Never printing paper or stuffing a binder, clearly seeing scout cards outdoors in the bright sun, And using the Coach Pad on game days, syncing diagrams from the press box to the sideline were some of the features coaches enjoyed this season. This offseason, get your Coach Pad at thecoachpad.com to get your program ready for next season, thecoachpad.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, make sure you like, share, subscribe, as usual. Um, It will either be over 5,000 subscribers or there uh, by the point this uh, video posts um, or the audio posts on various podcast apps. Um, Today we have the Guards and Centers coach at T.L. Hanna High School in South Carolina, uh, Coach James Quinn. Coach, how are you doing?
0: Good, good. Glad to be here.
1: I appreciate you coming on, Coach, because we kind of uh went back and forth i think last year and i don't even remember, what was it like the late spring um and they we were like okay we'll do this december january so it's it's good to finally get you on um if anybody doesn't follow coach make sure you follow coach on twitter because he does post some good like individual stuff um drill wise and various other things Um, uh, but before we get to any of that how do you end up as the um guards and centers coach at tl hannah
0: well this is my thirty third year coaching uh mostly that coaching uh up until 2013 has been on defense uh at a lot of small schools i wanted to uh, uh, try larger schools so i applied for a job at tucker high school you know in atlanta as an offensive line coach uh, and got that job and uh, after three years retired and moved to South Carolina and uh, ended up with the guards and centers job there for uh, Jason Tone uh, at T.O.
1: Now, Now, what was that kind of transition like for you from being a – primarily defensive coach throughout your career too or an O-line coach, especially someone who's been around the wing tee and been involved in the wing tee in one way or another over the past 30 years.
0: Well, most, and it's kind of strange, because mostly I've been on defense, like I said, but mostly it's been in the secondary, outside linebackers, but I had a desire to go to the offense and learn the offense after, I guess, 22 years of defense, and uh, the coach that I was working for uh, let me do the uh, tight ends, and then he I did the running backs, and then eventually went and did the uh, offensive line at Tucker. Uh, I don't think it's a big change. Uh, coaching is coaching. If, if uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of like teaching. If you can teach, you can coach, and if if you understand football. Which I think being on defense has really helped me offensively. Uh, knowing what defenses are going to do and understanding what they're trying to do to you, I think it's really it's really helped helped me as an offensive line coach.
1: Okay, and, and I mean, especially with understanding the coverages and linebacker play, does that seem? Do you think that's probably was more beneficial than maybe knowing being a longtime D line coach?
0: Yeah, I was, I was, when I was uh, running backs coach, I was also pass game coordinator and, you know, no, being able to understand coverages and linebacker play that helped there. But as just the offensive guards and centers coach, knowing defensive techniques, being a former defense coordinator, I understand what, you know, what a three front, odd front, fair front, all those fronts and what they what teams want to try to do with their defensive line. So that has also helped me. I don't, I don't get into the, as an offensive line coach, I don't get into much about secondary anymore. And, and you know, linebacker stunts, I have to, you know, worry about that. But, you know, and and, and, and that's been somewhat of a challenge, but uh, uh, I feel as though it's really helped me defense, it's really helped me offense. And And I encourage anybody, coach both sides of the ball or after you've been doing one side of the ball try to if you have aspirations of being a head coach or whatever you need to learn both
1: sides of the ball. Yeah I agree I think there's a lot of coaches who just learn one side of the ball and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing but I mean you see especially at the high school level when it's not always easy to get quality assistance or experienced assistance especially nowadays um I think you kind of see some deficiencies there when people haven't worked on both sides of the ball, whereas at college you're able to hire a little bit more specialized people. High schools, depending on your state, I think it can sometimes just be a struggle if you don't really know both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. As far as defense, you need, to know, you need to know what the offense is trying to do. I, I always agree with coaches. If you're a defensive coach, go to offensive coaching clinics. You're an offensive coach. Go to defensive coaching clinics. Unless you're a new coach, and it's it's you know where you can get good drills from it from people. I remember the best offensive line coach I went to see was uh, Paul Alexander, who helped me tremendously. Who was old Cincinnati NFL coach and uh, helped me tremendously on on pass block and I used his techniques for guards and centers, especially pass blocking, and he made it so simple and made it so easy. And for my kids, I feel like we do a good job of pass blocking, and, and, you know, getting things like that from him has really helped me.
1: Good. Now, now, I mean, you, you've mentioned your are wing tee coach, you're a long time involved in one way or another. Uh, either whether you are on staffs that run the wing tee, or as you kind of made the transition to offense, being a wing tee coach, I mean, um, why, why is your folks been on becoming a wing tee offensive line coach instead of saying some spread uh, um, <laughs> line coach who pass sets ninety percent of the time, or even just like a, a spread coach in general? Why is the wing tee what you guys do? What you like to coach? Why why the wing tee? We see people kind of stick
0: together, you know. And we, yeah. When when I was trying to, uh, after my kids had graduated from school, I had them in a really good school. After they graduated, I wanted to expand out and go to. We were a small AAA school. We were uh, limited in talent. And I wanted to expand out in, in the, some of the larger schools in Georgia, uh, some of the 7A schools. And, so, and every time I applied for a job, well, they, they were looking for maybe a younger coach that was a secondary coach or, uh, you know, maybe a younger coach that was a running back coach. So I, I had to do something that would fit for me. And, and I was lucky enough to, to find a job at, at Tucker High School at Brown Lamar there and and uh he took me on and and usually there's two offensive line coaches so he had room there and that's that's how I got into to the offensive
1: line and before we get to the O-line play like why do you think I I personally think every offense should have two O-line coaches whether it's a primary and assistant or splitting it up stairs guards tackles however you want to split it up but why, I mean, it, it's a lot, pro, I would say it's probably a lot more prevalent with wing teagues. Um Why do you, why do you think it is so beneficial, especially for the wing teague to have two O-line coaches?
0: Well, our, 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 our practice is totally different from the tackle tightening practice. In, in a gap-locking scheme, okay, where you're pulling guards, it, it, it is, our, again, our practice is totally different. They spend a lot of time on gap down back, you know, on on technique, on angles, on head placement, on correct footwork. And and we do too, but we're we're not doing that near as much as they are. And if you have one person and, and actually the first year that I was coaching in 2017, I had to take the whole line like two games into the season because our, our tackles tight ends coach had to resign, So I, I was doing the whole offensive line, which was really difficult, but uh, it, it's, it feels like you're more consistent on verbiage. But when you have two people that can work together, uh, our tackles tight end coach is a great coach. He goes and does his thing and then I do my thing, and we just need to be able to work. Mostly it's on checks and, and uh, where we have to check out of things or, or, uh, or, or situations where it's a weird, weird front we're having to go against, and our kids have to do checks.
1: How, how much of the practice would you say you two spend actually together?
0: Well, I would say I, individually, none. Okay. I mean, maybe five minutes a week. We do a little bit of pass blocking, but what we do is we do we'll do individual, and then we'll do a group setting. And a lot of times during the group setting, we we with 120 kids, we'll have 60 kids on offense, so we'll have a, a separate JD group, and then we'll have a varsity group. So. The times that that I'm with the varsity, he's with the JV, and when I'm with the JV, he's with the varsity. So we, the only time we spend together is team, and I I don't have to worry about his guys, and he usually doesn't have to worry about mine. So we're never, you know, unless there's a, a weird check or where uh, they have to replace a uh, tackle guard has to replace each other, we're we're hardly ever communicating.
1: Okay. Now, I mean, for, for, I mean, obviously transitioning there, that's kind of how you've done. Has that, has that how you've always since you've been an O-line coach or been with wing T staffs, how that's always been with the, you have two coaches, but they're always apart or have you been with staffs where they're still together? Yeah. How's that? Always well, been? with,
0: with, with the younger, with the younger, less experienced kids. We'll have to work together, okay, because of, of uh, what we call fold blocks, things like that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to work together. We'll probably this year we, we lost, we lost our, our both starting, uh, both right tackles, our both right guards, our center, uh, our left tackle, uh, our left guard, and our starting tight ends. We lost everybody this year. So next year, we probably will have to spend five to 10 minutes every day making sure that our kids know where the guards and where the tackles are going to fit on each other whenever we're doing combination blocks. So, with more experienced kids, the less you have to spend together, the better you can get on skills. With less experienced kids, I remember two years ago, we had to work all spring together. So, it usually goes with experience.
1: Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is your indie, Because, I mean, obviously, like, that's kind of how I – again, I I think I said this before we started. I don't know how I started following you on Twitter. I really don't. I don't know if it's because I saw one of your – somebody retweeted or liked that I know that followed you, your drills, or – if it just popped up because you know the weird twitter algorithm whatever that is and all that lovely lovely stuff um yeah i I, I mean i just literally sat like several days just staring at your stuff because it's it's obviously very methodical it is very step-by-step um it's progression-based um obviously you still do the old shoulder blocking um I'm going will start with this where i mean especially with you looking the next year with having a very young group and losing the amount of seniors you're losing where do you start like what is your focal starting point because like i said i know like i said you've been fortunate to have some experience but you're going younger and um you do a lot of good things and you're and a lot of things you got focused on to get technique right where do you start all right so
0: when I, when I took the offensive line coaching job at Tucker, the, the guy that I work with now was the offensive line coach with me in Georgia. I was the running back coach. He's the offensive line coach. And I said, listen, this is this, I'm going to have a chance to go into Atlanta, have this great job uh, or have an opportunity to get this great, great job. I, I need you to help me with offensive line stuff. So he helped me. And then uh, I started looking for other, other uh, information about wing tee blocking. So I got Paul Connor. I don't know if you know his name. Uh, Tom Herman. Uh, there are wing tee shoulder skill uh, blocking uh, uh, coaches. Both of them are retired now. And so I and you know I got... DVDs and and got their uh, progressions on on installs. And, and so I've been doing mostly what I learned from them, okay? And then learning as I, as I go. But so last spring I was like, you know, that was that was really difficult to, to get all that information if i would have had somebody that i could have watched and and showed me how to do this then then I, I would have of course been very appreciative so i i had some kids that were injured so i got them to start filming filming the practices and so that's why i wanted to do it to be able to give back like i uh i talked to somebody the other day and he said it was his first year doing the offensive line He's the head coach, and but he'd never done it, and he said he used everything that we had done. So you know, I, apparently it, it was good for somebody, and if it was good for one person, you know, then then that, then that's great because you're. It's not you know if you go to the clinic, it's not going to be talked about very much, even if you do have a week-tea guy. It's usually the head coach or offensive coordinator that's just showing the plays, and they're not talking about the offensive line. You can barely find any offensive line shoulder skills and that. And 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 I like I said, I didn't do it for you know anything else but to try to help people. And so, and that's those those videos are, is what we do every day. You know, and, and I can I'll be able to go try to go through that and explain those things but if if you go back you'll probably be able to see oh okay this is what he's talking about when he does the shoulder skills this is what he but when, but when I got all that from uh, Paul Connor and uh, and there's a few other coaches in Georgia uh, that that we would go to and and listen to that that were good offensive line coaches but it's it's hard to find uh it's hard to find. In, in Dublin, they have a, uh, Dublin, Georgia, they have the Southeast uh, Wing Tea Clinic. And and they do some, they do a good job of, of doing with Wing Tea too.
1: Yeah, I've heard him speak out of Glacier before. Um, Roger, Holmes. Roger yep. Holmes. Yeah. And then Tom Herman, I went to the National Wing Tea Clinic. I've been there, what, twice now? And I've heard Tom speak. Um, as well. Um, what I'll ask you this, and and, I mean, I sort of know the answer already because I've had some experience in the wing tee. Why do you prefer um shoulder blocking over hands? Um, what why is that your personal preference over height? Because again, like you kind of said, it's not heavily talked about, um, it's not easy to find anything on. Let's just be honest, like it's unless you talk to Paul Connor, Roger Holmes. Um uh Tom Herman who've done it at some point or are currently doing it. Um, there isn't much information out there. There's a couple bad YouTube videos where it'll it'll briefly go over it. Um, but why is that your preference? Especially, I mean, when you have 120 kids on your roster, it's not like you're some undersized um, school with 30 kids. Right. Well,
0: well, that, that's what, one, our head coach wants us to sort of So, uh, that, that Jeff Heron, who is a, uh, head coach at, uh, Camden High School, uh, this is his offense. Uh, he won, uh, state championship at Oconee County in Georgia. He won state, cha- three state championships at Camden, uh, state championship at Grayson High School and went to the, uh, Four this last year, running the same offense, shoulder blocking. And so, you know, that's – there's a lot of coaches under his tree that still believe in shoulder blocking. But this, this is what I, I kind of believe. If you're a good offensive lineman, it doesn't matter if you use hands or shoulder blocking. I think you'll be fine either way. If you're a bad offensive lineman, it doesn't matter if you're going to use shoulder, hand, shoulder blocking or hands. You know, it's, it's what the coach feels most comfortable teaching and that's what I feel most comfortable teaching and and what the head coach, of, of course, wants and like, like and, you know, it, I think, I don't think it's very hard to teach. Uh, I think it keeps, it, it keeps your uh, offensive linemen at a lower level, uh, uh, we want to run the ball. We ran for 4,400 yards this year, uh, and you know our offensive linemen, Even though we we have 120 kids in in our uh, our school, our center weighed around 240 pounds. Our right guard weighed about 180, and our left guard weighed 200. So it wasn't like we're really big kids. Our right tackle is about 235. Our left tackle is pretty big. He's about 280. But you know uh, I I feel like a lot of tackles tight ends coaches go more towards the hands concepts. If if they have good good offensive tackles it's easier for them to, to teach hands. But I I like I said, I'm I'm not that experienced offensive line coach, so I just kind of go with what I I feel like I've learned the best.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, again, kind of your point—you have to be coach what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it does it does nobody no good. Um, after you get done with stances, um, what is the first drill you're going to do? Like what? Oh, we're going to work
0: on on what we call shoulder skills. Okay. So we're we're gonna put our kids in a six point stance, okay, and we'll we'll do a six point fit, and and so we'll, we'll have the kids down, and it's we'll have and you can see on the videos we'll we'll fit on the bag where our fist is is on our our uh our chest. And a lot of people do say that they like shoulder blocks They do shoulder blocks it keeps your head out of the game
1: because we don't use
0: our head with our hands arms i'll, I'll call out set before they hit they fit the bag and then they'll have their arms back and they'll attack the bag and and get into that fit arm position and they'll do that with the right arm do that with the left arm and then and then we do something where we go a little bit quicker out of the six-point stance we'll go right left right and then a left right left and after that which you know that's that takes about almost I would say probably three weeks to get out of just out of that we'll we'll go into where we'll have our uh our right knee down and our right arm back so we'll we'll have we'll be in We'll be kind of in a in a stance where our knees down and we're we're on our left foot and we'll attack the bag and then we'll start driving those bags.
1: Okay. No, yeah, you know, I actually I, I'm just kind of just scrolling up just so for my notes purposes through your Twitter and it literally it's that it's literally the I think the left, right, left drill, then it's your your dry drills, your knee drills. Like I said, I mean you have it in pretty Pretty, pretty same word as you're talking, um, yeah. and, and I mean, I don't want to word this. Um, you said it takes three weeks there to progress. Now, obviously, you're doing other drills besides that than that for three straight weeks. Yeah. So, uh, um, but like with that progression, how does it? How I want to phrase this? Instead of three full weeks does it does it depend on the group of kids or is it usually pretty consistent on how long it takes for them to develop those skills like this year when you had a more experienced group did you get out of it a little quicker or so forth
0: so in in those videos we we divided we divided 120 kids up into two teams Mm -hmm. okay and so the two so one day one day one team would be on offense and the other team would be on defense. And so some a lot of those kids you're actually seeing in those drills are defensive players and JV players. We go 10 through 12. And and a lot of those kids that that you see in those drills, they never even played in the varsity game. There's a couple of them that that were that were uh, varsity starters that I tried to get in there. But so that's why the progression takes so long yeah. on, on that. And we start, we start practice in March. We have open season in March in South Carolina where you can practice and without pads. And then during the school day on Tuesdays and Thursdays, our, our uh, high school league does not, uh, does not control anything you do during the school day. So we have helmets on. We don't go in shoulder pads. Uh, We do if we need to during the season. But uh, we'll go in helmets. So we're getting, and we we have our kids in there from 8, 10 to 10 o'clock. Or 10, actually about, yeah, they leave about 10. So we can practice them up to about 9.45 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll work out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll, we'll start practicing in March on that. So that, most of those, most of the, the drills that you're watching are March, April, May, which is in school. And then, so it's it's very beginning, very basic drills.
1: Yeah. one of the other things i want to hit on that i really like that you were doing um just especially with a lot of your drills you would have them take i i it's not necessarily bird dog but sort of bird dog um you'll have them take a step come back take a step or ste- or two steps again and then you'll have them just fully run through it what now i'm it's not full bird dogging but what is the um I just lost the train of thought on the word. Um, thought process for doing that it, uh, in all of your very step-oriented and detailed work there. Yes.
0: All, of, all of our rules really go, all of our Delaware Wing t rules go. If, if your rule is on block, then we, we, well, we need to take it on step able to do that. So I, I teach the kids from there. And what what I do is I'll have early in March, I'll blow four whistles. That, they'll get in a stance. I'll tell them down, but they'll get in a stance. The first whistle, they'll work, work their stance. The second whistle, and I make sure that they're, and, and again, a lot of those kids were young kids and kids that were defensive kids, so we'll try to get Try to keep them low. Uh, I try to uh, try to talk to them about nipple to knee, and and, and the sandshirts are taking. But we'll go step, stance, step, stance, and then the, the fifth, which we it's either the fifth whistle or the fifth sound will be the the snap sound, which we we go on and go, and so we'll we'll do an on step, a fire step is like a zone step, a 45-degree angle step, a 90-degree angle step, and, a, and what we do is a trap step, which the centers don't do that, but when the guards run a full back track, we'll work on that. And again, that takes, it takes almost a month, maybe two months, to be able to, to rapid fire those, all those steps, where we can get five steps in and within 10 minutes and get 10, a group of 10 kids, 10 to 12 kids through all of that. But during the season, I cut the whistles down to two whistles, where I, I'll blow a whistle, they'll take a step, and then I'll, I'll blow it back, and they'll get back in their stance, and they'll just say go, so they'll be going. But if, if they don't step correctly, then everything, then th- everything's lost. If they're going, if they're stepping, if it's a bad step, with a, with a, in the wing tee, if it's a bad step in the offensive line, they they won't make the blocks, especially
1: the smaller guards. Yeah, no, you're 100 right. Like I said, I I just really enjoyed it because i would never seen it that in depth teaching. Like you all I mean, obviously teams will bird dog stuff as a team, walk through stuff, um, and walk through plays, but just from a drill perspective, up to that point, I'd kind of not seen that, um just for coaches as we're talking um that is essentially late april 2023 is when these videos were posted if people are looking on coaches uh twitter um yeah we
0: haven't even started spring practice all of that is uh is probably a tuesday or thursday the april april stuff is a tuesday or thursday during the school day uh that we're not working out. We'll, we'll go down there and do
1: some of the kind of utilities and things, but we we get started on that area. No, it's a great stuff. Now, I, I did want to ask you, because I saw you, you, there's a couple different pools you teach, and a lot of them, like, okay, they all make sense, but you typically, up until recently, hadn't seen a lot of wing T teams teach skip pulling. And I know, especially on there, I saw some of your skip pull stuff. I think on the front side of your buck, and a couple other things. Why have have you gone that direction? Um, Especially that historically has not been how yeah. wing tee. Well, has-
0: there's 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 well the guy that is our tackles tight end coach. He he had been coaching the wing tee with with uh. I don't. Bob Christmas is is a name that some people may know. Uh, Bob was uh, brought the wing team to uh, school in Georgia, and which had had been perennial losers for a long time, and so he started skip pulling because it was it it just felt easier, and so I. I I started skip pulling, uh, or asked our head coach Jason Talman about skip pulling to the split inside, because the, you, the traditional three steps to the split inside always put us past the guy that we were trying to kick. So we would have to, we would end up having to come back inside of him, and a lot of times they would beat us. Being able to run the split in uh, the buck street to the split inside is is huge. The problem is can you find a halfback that's gonna block a five technique? And in 2020, we had good blocking running backs. So we started skip pulling so that we could get in. All you really have to do is get around the tackle and around the trash that the halfback could cause by allowing the five technique to run upfield. But our, our, our halfbacks were so good, we could just skip-pull and it was a lot quicker and we were on a better aim. Now, we still we still traditionally do the three steps to the tight end side, but Camden, who was in the, who just beat uh, Mill Creek, which was a top 10 team in, in the United States, uh, they they skip pull all of theirs to the tight inside split inside, and the reason they do it is they were asking uh, Auburn offensive line coach who coached with Nelson, uh, why do you skip pull? He said, "Well, because it's easier." And so he <laughs> <I> said, "Okay, <laughs> so we're going to start doing it." <laughs> but it is a little bit easier. After, the more athletic kids, it it kind of it kind of gets their shoulders turned a little bit quicker and so that they can head downhill and kick out the contained guy. Yeah. But we, we still traditionally do the, the three steps to the title side.
1: Yeah, I mean I saw that too like I mean you were I mean like obviously all this is on there but like I mean there's a lot of a pulling like I said there's a front side skip pull but then you see the backside pulling which is a lot of traditional pulling there. Um, and so forth. Uh,
0: now, on our wall, we'll skip pull. We'll skip pull to the split inside. If there's just a tackle there, we're going to skip pull to it. So we'll just like the uh, zone teams. We're going to skip pull to that side, but we're going to traditional pull and pull wall with with a ninety degree angle step. If there's a tight end, if we have a tight end
1: okay now I, I have two more i have two more questions for you before we get off here um like your double teams like because i've had a lot of conversations and because a variety of reasons one thing i'm, I'm looking at a lot more power stuff and how to clean up some of our buck sweep pin and pull whatever you want to call it stuff like for this purpose it's buck sweep but you talk to anybody who takes a snap out of the shotgun and they'll call it pin and pull it's a, semantics I know there's small differences but it's like arguing me over the difference between a 3-3 three, three and a 3-5 like there's it's semantics to me at the, after a certain point um but you're but like when you look at like your post lead versus zero technique that double team almost looks like more of a horizontal double team yes vertical mm-hmm. double team you want to kind of talk about that for a second because i've been looking a lot more at horizontal double teams this off season instead of vertical and kind of why you teach it that way or look at it that way.
0: You know, nobody's ever taught me exactly why we we horizontal double team, but this is this is what I tell the kids. Okay, in, in our double offense, the one hole is the wing back. So if we're running a uh, twenty uh well we would call it on our power we'd run 31. Okay. So if if we're gonna run behind that wing back, we need to move move open that hole horizontally. We don't want to open it vertically. So we're we're that that is why we want to you know, we want to open it because he is the hole. That's that's what I tell the kids. The one hole is right here. Well, Coach, there's not a hole there. I'm, there's a person. But when we make this block this way, this is how we open the hole. So, and and on our traps, we, we want to open the hole for the fullback because he's hitting it vertically, you know, right behind him where the center goes. So when we're running power, we want to run behind the wing back, and, and that's where the hole wants to open. I, I don't know if that's probably the best answer, but that's the best answer that I give the kids. Okay. That the, the hole is not the gap in between you guys. The hole is when you do your walk, and it moves people horizontally.
1: That makes sense. I mean, and I'm just curious. Everybody does it for a different reason and just kind of how they teach it, why they teach it. Um, I did slightly live. Now I have two more questions. Um, it's because I remembered one that I didn't write down that. I remember I was going to ask you anyways. Um, I like asking coaches this, especially when you're in a – I don't want to say system offense because that's such a terrible term. Like, I hate – because you're pigeonholing people. But in the wing tee stuff you do – what is your favorite play to install? Like, it doesn't have to be your most successful. Which play do you have the most fun when it's called, teaching, uh, when you see it score? Um, what play in your wing T system do you enjoy and, and why?
0: Uh, well, can
1: I see, this is why I love doing it. I,
0: I going to run trap. Yeah, if it's third and twelve, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the uh, uh, headset uh, traps there. Trap, trap. You know, when in doubt, run trap. So we, I, I really like trap. And, and let, let, me go back to uh, another reason we block horizontally. It, like when we run trap, if we move, say they're in the an odd front, and we move the head up nose guard horizontally. Now though we still have the tackle, the tight end, and the wing back to get linebackers. You know, so we don't have to worry about yeah. the only linebacker we have to worry about is the A gap line the backside A gap linebacker. back. And if we if when we when we work the horizontal the block, our center is just posting up the, the nose guard and he'll look backside. We work on that. He looks backside for the backside run through of the linebacker. So, uh, you know, a horizontal block, we have the extra people there in order to pick up linebackers instead of having to, you know, like double team drive and then one of them, whoever needs to come off to the linebacker comes off. We've got, already got three extra guys coming off to the linebackers. Yeah. Uh but I do like trap. You know, went in down run trap. I know our, our JV coach, uh, you know, uh he he was his first year, he's a young guy, it's his first year calling plays, and it was like fourth and twenty and uh on one of the JV games and he called trap and the kid ran for a touchdown. He said, Coach, I learned that from you, went in doubt, run trap. <laughs> fourth and twenty. Get, and, no, and Nobody's looking for trap. But we work hard on trap. The the like when we get out of our steps, we have a three three day progression that we go through. So like on Monday, we'll do we'll do buck sweep, and then we'll go to trap, and we'll go to midline. And you know, I tell our kids we make our we win our games during the trap time. You know, and it may look very simple some of the drills it looks very simple and and that's the very beginning of trap but when we're working in august it is full speed you know people are moving around they're having to make calls and it's it's really it's really fast and and you know with, uh the kids are having to go hard whereas some of those drills it's it's one at a time yeah when when, when we do trap. And we do our plays under there. We have the center and both cards under the shoot and either two or three dummies in front of them. And we're, we're going as fast as we can go. Okay.
1: Now I'll say two things on that. Um, back to your not worrying about linebackers. I've found the more I talk to you about horizontal double teams because of the horizontal double team. And especially since a lot of teams when they run horizontal double teams, it's more of an A gap play anyways. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Linebackers are just overrunning the play because they're because c- they're taught pull is probably a wider play most of the time outside trap, and just with how it it, it just the berth it opens up in terms of gap if you get a wash like you're supposed to, and two you sound like me my last year at Fairborn as an assistant we we were a wing T team and I would constantly chirp trap. Uh, especially when I would go down after we were done with varsity film to our Saturday JV games, and I would just chirp at our at our um, JVOC to just run trap constantly, and, it, and it's just hilarious. I joke with them to this day about it. Like, and there's a lot of times third and eight trap, like, and, oh, yeah. and you get it, and like, it's just funny. Um, as a wing T coach, that is usually the response, and it's just hilarious. Um
0: yeah, you're right about that. Uh, if you watch our pull and wall drills, we're, we're going to pull a long look inside because that's what good teams, you have to be able to do against good teams. They're going to straight that backside linebacker, or frontside linebackers from straighten off that tight end, and it's going to fit right there. But a lot of times our, our backside guards, they're going to kick also. The front side guard's going to kick, the back side guard's going to kick, and then boom, it's it's wide open because
1: people are all running the club. All right, and then my last question for you is: is, is we mentioned it at the beginning? I mean, you have over thirty years of coaching experience, um, and and to be honest, in two of the better football states. Like, I mean, you look at at the short lists of high school coaching and coach. I mean, it's. Florida, Ohio, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas, California, and Pennsylvania are usually on that short list of states with talent and coaching. And, um, so as somebody who has that experience in both South Carolina and Georgia and longtime assistant and coach of the wing team and coaching defense, um, do you have any words, of wisdoms, thoughts, anything for young coaches, um, whether it be position coaches, head coaches, doesn't really matter. Just anything, uh kind of part your 30 years of experience um onto younger coaches.
0: Well, you know, there's always something to learn. Uh like, like I said, try to try to watch as as much videos as you can. Try to, you know, I know the time. So the day is a lot shorter than it was 30 years ago and but try to go to as much clinics as you can try to watch as much as you can uh try to be flexible uh don't get don't you know pigeonhole yourself into one position learn to coach other positions and and learning to coach other positions is like a new life in coaching and after uh 20 so many years of coaching just defense, I, I either needed to get out or needed to you know get on offense and, and, and try something new. And and don't worry about you know whether you're you know an assistant coach has as much influence over his his young man and is as much as in is, as important as You know, to the team as the defensive coordinator or any other any other coach.
1: Well, coaches a follow this man on Twitter. Like I said, he posts some good stuff. Um, I'm assuming he'll post more stuff. Yeah, go go. uh,
0: I I I try to post as much as I'm allowed to post. (laughs) Yeah, coach gets a little nervous. He says, "One, I'm interviewing for another job." And two, he doesn't want anybody to know what we're doing. But you know, so uh but it's at Coach Quinn one. And if you have any questions, you're I'm always welcome to try to help you. Oh yeah, Coach. Hey, Coach Tone is, is gonna to be at Indianapolis uh clinic. He'll he's gonna also speak at Charlotte Clinic, but he'll be up there in Indianapolis and he's doing five sessions. Okay. So if uh I don't know how how far that is from you or you know some uh, of your friends it may be a little bit closer to him but he, he he does a great job and he's we I, will, I
1: will be in Indianapolis tomorrow it is way too close um no offense but I hate driving Indianapolis it's not anything wrong with Indianapolis I just have been there so much because of my wife's like doctor specialist that like it's just it's between here and there it's just so flat. The drive, and it's just, it is miserable at this point for me. But that's, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Um, well, like that, he,
0: he, guys, he gave me or another coach an uh, opportunity to go to Indianapolis or Charlotte. And he said, Well, I'm going to let the coach so and so go first since he was here first in the morning. It was like in the morning. And he said, <laughs> Well, I guess I'll go to Indianapolis. And I was like, Yeah yeah I, I don't
1: have to ride 10 hours or buy a fly yeah yeah i'm much try to go to charlotte I, mean, I don't know what you're talking about that is funny um but like i said coaches give him a follow like I said um he, he mentioned his but it'll also be in the bio um if you're looking for those drills like i said april 2023 um like share subscribe all that lovely jazz check out our sponsor coach pad all that jazz um otherwise i think that's it um Thank you for watching our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.